Welcome to Perspective. This podcast is hosted by entrepreneur, nationally certified counselor, and underground philosopher, Ricky Twiggs Jr. As he engages in conversation with the minds that are actively shaping our world. Now, let's get the conversation started. Hello again, everybody. I hope everyone's doing well. And I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. So thank you for coming back to Perspective. Now, today I want to discuss addiction. This is something that I have worked very closely in over the past couple of years. And let's go ahead and go over a few statistics that are pretty alarming. So almost 21 million Americans have at least one addiction, yet only about 10% of them receive treatment. More than 700,000 have died due to an overdose. And of course, due to, the pre- due to the prevalence of drug addiction, the U.S. economy pays over $600 billion every year. And that is according to AddictionCenter.com. This is something that affects, I'm sure, nearly all of us. And it is something that will continue to affect nearly all of us. And the reason for that is because addiction is so prevalent. And it's so prevalent because everybody, and I mean everyone, is in pain and everyone handles pain differently. As the old adage goes, life is suffering. And that's a very uncomfortable fact for everybody. I can't really think of someone that that is comfortable with that. It's an uncomfortable feeling um, on purpose and that's just because it's that's what life is life is uncomfortable by by definition we're going to be experiencing things that we don't know how to deal with we're going to grow up in situations that weren't the best for us and we're going to be experiencing these difficult moments in life that will define us for years to come and for many people addiction is just one of those cycles that really grabs a hold of you and will not let you go at all. And some of this can be due to many things. It could come from a cultural component. It can come from a societal component or a systemic component, such as um, like opiate drug manufacturers. I know a lot of them are being, one of them in particular, and that's Purdue Pharma being sued currently for deceptive marketing tactics. And, of course, with the large amount of people being addicted to pain pills, they switched over to heroin because people started to, rather not people, but doctors started to pull prescriptions. And that was the only alternative was was heroin, unfortunately, or some type of other narcotic. And what I want to talk about today specifically is the is the importance of step one within the context of the 12 steps and why is this something that is important well first and foremost step one is to rebalance your life that's all it is it's designed to simply rebalance your life and what i'm going to do is that i'm going to hopefully work through this in a way that is clear, that can be understood audibly. 
because um, usually what I would do is I would show this on a on a whiteboard to my clients, um, but I do not have that. So what I'm going to do is do my best to break it down um, audibly. So let's go ahead and delve into some of step one. So let's take a peek here. Let me go ahead and just read what step one is. That's the easiest way to start. So step one, we admitted we were powerless over our addiction that our lives had become unmanageable. Now, traditionally, the question that gets asked the most is what is the most important word within step one? So go ahead and take a moment and think of the most important word in step one. And I'm going to read it again. So step one, we admitted we were powerless over our addiction that our lives had become unmanageable. So having heard it again, what was the word that stuck out to you the most? What is the most important word in step one? Most people gravitate toward two main words, and that is powerless and unmanageable. Now there's a third one that gets thrown around a good bit, and that's the word admitted. Unfortunately, none of those words are the most important word in step one. The most important word in step one is we. It's the smallest word, but it's the most important. But why? Why is the we the most important word? For two reasons. The first is that it enacts fellowship. It tells you that you're not alone. It tells you that you can make it through by looking at people that have come before you. And the second most important piece of this pie is that the we component is representative of your higher power as well. So not only does it represent the fellowship, but it also represents your higher power. Another reason why step one is so important is because all the other 12 steps, not 12, but the other 11 steps are all based on step one. And I'm going to go into that briefly towards the end, but let's go ahead and keep moving. So the we, the we word, most important word in step one. And what's really interesting is that Mr. Bob S., he was Bill W.'s partner, and Bill W. and Bob S. created the 12 steps. And when Bob S. met Bill, Bill had been in recovery for some time, it wasn't that long, but it was a, I think it was a, several months that he had under his belt. And Bob S. meets him. And Bob S. is nowhere near recovered at all, not even in the slightest. And Bob is completely in awe of Bill because he meets somebody that's in, that was in his shoes that, can, that got out. And to him, that, is, that inspires hope. And that once again, goes back to we being the most important word. It, it's that fellowship component. If, if I can see someone that has made it before me, then maybe I can make it too. And that is something that a lot of addicts suffer from today is a sense of hopelessness. And when they start to accept step one for what it is, and they start truly following the steps and acknowledging this fellowship component real change begins to happen. And once again, I'm going to go over that into a little bit more detail towards the end. But let's go ahead and keep moving.
So that's with the word we. Now the other words are very powerful. So I'm trying to figure out how to break them down appropriately. So let me go ahead and start with the word powerless. Now the word powerless is representative of the thought component. It is not the action component. So this is the thought component, okay? And powerless, when you look at this word, what this word is trying to tell you are three main things. The first is that you are stuck. The second is that you are in denial. And the third is that you are lacking responsibility. And that last one, lacking responsibility, is the only one that will merge into the word unmanageable. But let's go ahead and stick with powerless for right now. So in order to become unstuck, what do you have to do? Well, you have to surrender. And this is a very difficult thing for a lot of people to do, and it's to finally surrender to something. Because let's face it, as human beings, we do not want to surrender to anything. We want to believe that we have the power over everything. And unfortunately, that is just not the case. We, we have very little control over, over anything, honestly. Now, to leave denial behind, we have to become honest. And what a big step that is. So difficult. Denial is, is sometimes the deepest rooted problem in, in an addict. And the final one, to defeat the lack of responsibility, you have to sacrifice something. You have got to sacrifice your way of past thinking. And whoa, wow, what a, what a testament that can be. I've seen many individuals make it once they finally sacrificed their past way of thinking and started to change that mindset. So let's go ahead and move on to unmanageable. So unmanageable is the action component of step one. The action component means that you have to do this. This is the action. This is what your body is going to be doing. The powerless the word powerless, once again, is the thought component that deals with your thoughts. It's thought-oriented in nature. So unmanageable consists of these three major areas. The first, lack of responsibility. Remember, I said that powerless, that third one, lack of responsibility, would also overlap into unmanageable, and it does here. So the first is lack of responsibility. The second is loss of of self-worth. And the final one is what I call the three quick trips to hell. The first is pride, the second is sex, and the third is anger. And those go together. They are not separate pieces of unmanageable. They are interlinked into one another. So let's go ahead and repeat that. So unmanageable consists of these three. The first is lack of responsibility. The second is loss of self-worth. And the third is pride, sex, and anger. Now, how do we maneuver through this? 
The first is that we become responsible. We start to enact our responsibilities. We adopt the essence of being responsible. The second is that we start incorporating self-care into our lives. Obviously, in addiction, many things go to the wayside. Going to a doctor's appointment, brushing your teeth, taking a bath, maintaining your home, maintaining relationships. These things become fractured. And the final one, to overcome pride, sex, and anger, you have to start holding yourself accountable. And accountability is one of those things that we have to be honest about. We have to be truly honest about our situation and start to enact some responsibility so that way we can hold ourselves accountable. So let's go ahead and move on to the word addiction. Now, what does the word addiction mean within this framework of step one? Well, it's probably not what you think it means. And a lot of people believe it, the word addiction is only in relation to drugs and alcohol. That is not what it is referring to. It is describing extremes. To combat the extremes, we need balance. And extremes are a loss of control. All right, let me rephrase that. The extremes are a... They can either be interpreted as the loss of control, the lack of control. Either one is is correct. So areas in your life where you are unable to maintain balance, even when you try to exert tremendous effort. So imagine that, or perhaps you know somebody that's an alcoholic. And if you ask them this question, have you ever drank more than you were determined not to drink? They would say, absolutely. Every single one that I have ever met has told me this, that they would try and promise to themselves that they would not drink past this amount. And what would happen is that they would double that amount or triple that amount. It's because it, you're pushing an extreme. And when those extremes are pushed, it's uncontrollable. Because by definition, it's saying that you have no control over that specific thing at all. Now let's go ahead and just look at that for a moment. So if addiction is defined as the extremes, what is it that we need to combat this? The first thing, and really the main thing that we are trying to do is we are seeking balance. And step one, the whole piece of step one, is to help you regain balance of your life and to overcome powerlessness. We need to surrender. And to overcome the unmanageability, we need to adopt responsibility. Now let's go ahead and look at the word admit. When we see this word, the word admit here is saying that you accept what is occurring. And acceptance can be broken down into the how. And the how is something that every addict, I'm sure, has been exposed to. That has 
you know, pursued recovery at some point in their life. So the how can be broken down as such. The H stands for honesty. The O stands for open-mindedness. And the W stands for willingness. That is what acceptance incorporates. The ability to be honest, the ability to be open-minded, and the ability to demonstrate willingness, even when you may not want to. Now, what is the greatest threat to step one? What is it that will throw this whole process for you into a tailspin? The greatest threat to step one is what I call the virus of step one, which is denial. If denial somehow enters into your life, perhaps you start to blame somebody else for your problems or you start to blame somebody else for your usage. Um, you begin to avoid certain tasks that you have, certain responsibilities. You say, oh, I can get, that to, I can get to that tomorrow. I don't need to get that to done today. These denial patterns are inevitable. They will inevitably happen. What ha now, the determining factor is, are you going to be able to identify it? Because if you identify it, then you can solve that problem. And being able to really weed out denial comes with commitment to the process. To avoid it, we need commitment. And commitment can be defined as follows. Following through towards your goal, your mission, without entertaining excuses. That is what commitment really means. It is the ability to not entertain those excuses as they will inevitably appear. And we need to be aware of what they are and be able to identify what these things are. Now let's go ahead and go back to balance. Balance is simply telling us that we can make our life manageable again. We can get there. It can be manageable. At this point in time, we need to understand that due to addiction being an extreme, and it could be an extreme with food, it could be an extreme with drugs, it could be an extreme with alcohol or soft drinks or what have you, Whatever this extreme is, it is beyond our control. So when we relinquish and we surrender that we are indeed powerless to this, then we can start to adopt the real thought pattern that should occur. And this is not how can I control this, right? Because we can't control it. That's the wrong term. Instead, what we should be saying is, how can I manage this? What do I need to do in order to manage this effectively? What kind of coping skills can I use? What kind of self-awareness do I need? How can I take better care of myself when I don't want to? What do I need to do in order to be successful? This is, the, is, a, is a very broken or rather deconstructed rundown of step one. And it's deconstructed in this way because a lot of people do not realize the essence of what step one really is. It is a powerful and very fluid step that is the foundation of 
every single step afterwards. And if you look at steps 2 through 12, what you will find is that they are all, I mean, they can all be condensed within step 1. And the reason for that is because each and every step is just step 1 extrapolated upon. And that, to me, is a very, very beautiful thing. It really goes to show that the thought, the energy that was put into this one step, this very first step, this leap of faith, if you will, that this leap of faith had a lot of hope, a lot of truth, a lot of thought, and a lot of nurturing behind it. Of course, it takes a great deal of commitment to want better. I always tell my clients, don't, don't, don't aim to be perfect. You know, don't, don't aim to be the best. Just aim to be better. Aim to be better than the previous day. Start there. Because let's be honest, none of us are perfect. We don't want to set us set ourselves up with unreasonable expectations that lead us to failure. We want to make sure that everything that we place in front of us is obtainable, doable, and that we build up on these small goals, right? And these small goals can be, they can have such a large, large effect. Let's think about this for a second. There's this famous, uh, uh, Gold cast motivational video with this Navy SEAL who is speaking and, and he says, make your bed. Well, that sure is one way to, to start taking care of yourself, right? Make your bed. Start brushing your teeth. Start grooming yourself appropriately. Do those small things. Eat well. Exercise. Get outside. Experience some green therapy. Look at this, be outside and, and take in all of that. And the outdoors have a wonderful healing effect on us. There's a ton of research out there about that, especially for addicts. Because what will happen often is that addicts isolate themselves. And when you isolate, you're, you're going to want to hide. And when you hide, you're going to be hiding inside in darkness, right? But when you leave the house and you start becoming more mindful within your sobriety and in your recovery, you can just take those moments and take them in and, and just breathe and, and process and be mindful of your current situation. It can help to rebalance you, to re-inspire you to keep going because you can actually appreciate those things because in your addiction, you couldn't do that. But in the recovery world, you can. You can say, wow, this has a lot of meaning for me. I'm going to hold myself accountable to make sure that I can do these things so that way I, in turn, feel better. Right? Now I want to go ahead and, and wrap this up by talking about the fellowship component very briefly and why this is so integral to step one. The fellowship component can tell, can help a lot of people in this major aspect. It can help many addicts like Bob S. 
who did not have anyone that they could relate to or look up to. But for the addict to say, I'm ready to change, let me go ahead and try this. And for them to come face to face with somebody who was once where they were, that's a powerful thing for them. Because now they can say, if you can do it, I can do it, right? If you can do it, I can do it too. And by doing that, what will inevitably happen is that the fellowship of AA or NA or, or what have you can become a higher power. And now it's something that they can envision and aim for. It's something that they can now aim for and pursue and be fearless in that pursuit, just as they were fearless in their addiction pursuit, right? We would put ourselves in very precarious situations, very precarious situations in order to get our, our drugs, and that's, that's a pretty fearless thing, putting ourselves in, in harm's way in order to get some drugs. And you have to be just as fearless in recovery to not allow anything to get in your way of recovery. So when you join the great we and you join the fellowship, you're not only tapping into yourself, but you're drawing from others as well. And what will happen is that a closed circuit system will be created just as a closed circuit system was created with addiction. And from there, we can push forward and we can commit to be better. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Perspective. This concludes our episode. Please take a moment to rate and subscribe for future content. We'll see you in the next episode.